It's time for the fan focus. All right, leading us off here, it's going to be Nick and Dustin on Deshaun being injured. It has added a significant kernel of doubt. And it's less about is Deshaun going to play. You guys have heard the Mary Kay Cabot uh, locker room conversation or, or her report about a locker room conversation with Deshaun Watson where he said he expects to play on Sunday. It's less about that, and it's about, well, how well can you play if this thing actually is an irritant or an issue? I think that's where it starts with me. It's less about, well, will he play, won't he play? It's questionable. I have no idea. But I think when you start to get into, well, I don't know if you know this, guys. Throwing elbow is pretty important for quarterbacks. Kind of a big deal. As is the shoulder, the whole thing. Well, listen, here's the thing. So... From my experience, yes, most of you think I didn't play in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Eight tackles. Not according to uh, oh, seven. some outlets. Excuse me, seven tackles according to some outlets. But we both know. They screwed me on one tackle. We both know. But I did participate on NFL teams for four and a half years. Mm-hmm. Friday practices are a big deal. Big deal. Okay. So if you don't take reps as a starting quarterback on a Friday and your backup takes a damn near 100% of the reps, mm-hmm. that's very alarming. Well, and so there's there's the, is it going to trouble you during the game, which is what I started with, and then there's what you're hinting at, which is uh, how prepared can you actually be? I think you'll be prepared. I'm not as concerned about that. I'm more concerned about the starting point, and that is how good can you be in the game if you're not even 100%, although we don't know, we don't really know. Maybe he'll wake up on Sunday and he'll just be 100%. Maybe in the first quarter... He looks like dog doo-doo, and Stefanski's got to recognize that. And that's what I wonder. Will Stefanski throw him a white preserver and bail him out if he doesn't look good? Or will Stefanski say, listen, man, you're you're who I brought to the dance. This is it. We're going down with you. You are either going to, uh, you know, sink to the bottom of the ocean, and we're just going to end up, this game is what it is. Or you're going to find your way out of it. And that's just how we're doing this. DTR is not coming in this game. I, I'm so interested in what that approach would be. Hopefully, we don't get to that, though. Hopefully, Deshaun just wakes up on Sunday. Everything is sunshine and rainbows. The, the contusion feels fine, and he's able to keep moving it forward. That's obviously best-case scenario. We'll see how this goes. All right, next up, Ken and Anthony on their Bill Burr interview that aired in their emerging podcasting. I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed it, too. I really enjoyed it. But at no point was he like an actual human being with us. As somebody as somebody like Bill Burr, who's done the local radio circuit for years, he doesn't have to do it anymore. But he is somebody who like came up with morning radio and would go out to events with morning radio. He came on, and he was way too good for morning radio this time. Um, <laughs> like there, at no point I didn't mind did it, it seem like he... He was enjoying I'm, or wanted to, to be a part of that hang. I'm really surprised that, I mean, again, comedians are different. Like, I don't know the craft. That's why I've never attempted it. You have. I loved what you did the one day. It was one joke that didn't go well in the room except for Which me. Set? Early set or late set? Oh, it was the early set. Uh, Lima told a joke, and it killed at one table that was Dustin and I. That <laughs> joke slayed, and everybody else was going, oh, my God. It was a little too soon. Dustin and I were in the back of the room, roaring. Roaring. Tears in our eyes. Anyway, uh, I I don't know the craft. I don't know the thing. And I don't pretend to know the thing. Like, there's comedians who, like, there's a lot of... 
it's a weird thing. Radio guys always want to get into either professional wrestling or stand-up comedy. It's always one of the two. It's a it's a narcissistic thing. Mm-hmm. If you look through the history of morning radio guys or sports talk guys, Shaq Jacks or whatever, uh, they always want to be in pro wrestling or they want to be in uh, in in stand-up comedy. And I want to be in neither because I want to enjoy neither as for what they are and not act like I know what the hell I'm doing in either. And I I just am a fan of Bill Burr, and I was more than happy to have my heart ripped out by Bill Burr. I, I'm surprised there were people who disagreed with that. I And I, I think you're on the same page as I, aren't oh, you? I, I, we, me, me and you sat there, and we laughed and laughed. But then it got to a point where neither of us wanted to ask any more questions. Oh, no, there were because, no more questions to ask. Because there was nothing we could do where we were going to have a conversation. No, yeah, there was, there was no more questions to ask. It was just... All right, we're going to set him up to rip us, and then that was going to be the end of it. And you know, go see a show and all that stuff. I I loved it. We're big fans. We've paid a lot of money to see you before. I don't even get freebies when it comes to the Bill Burr. We actually have to pay, which which shows you how paid. big you are that we can't even get the freebies from our executives here. We couldn't get freebies to the show. Well, maybe if you no. ask some better questions, you could get I, into the uh, to the honor ring. I, I think that's the problem. Did I set the tone at the beginning when I asked about F is for family? I don't think you set the tone there. The funny thing about that is that I actually did get a free. I So I've gotten exactly maybe two pairs of free tickets the entire time I've worked here. Maybe. I'm trying to think of what the other one was. It can't be the only one. But I did get Bill Burr. When Bill Burr was at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, it was on my birthday either last year or two years ago. I don't remember. The part I feel bad about is I got the tickets for free from here. They were not very good seats, which really doesn't matter for comedians. They were in the way, way up high section. And so that did dictate whether or not I, I felt exhausted. I was exhausted for whatever reason. And I just told my wife, listen, it's my birthday. I know I love this comedian. Can we just not go as my birthday present? Can we make that the deal? And she said, yeah. So I didn't end up going. And I ended up giving the tickets away, and it was what it was. But I did get them for free. It might be one of the only few pair of tickets I've ever gotten for free from here. But I got them for free. The interview's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. He makes fun and calls out Ken and Anthony for 75 different things. I don't know if they're accurate in that it wasn't him being a human. I genuinely think that's who he is. I don't think Ken and Anthony were ready for necessarily it to go down that way. Now, there is some little high comedy for myself there where Ken clearly was like, uh, Glenn, he references how Anthony tried to be a stand-up comic, and they went to a stand-up comedy show and then proceeds to say all stand-up comics are narcissists and that's why everyone in radio wants to be a stand-up comic or pro wrestler. Isn't he just saying Lyman was a narcissist there? In a roundabout way, that's exactly what he's saying, right? But Lyman didn't pick up on that, and that's fine. It's either here nor there. Not that I'm trying to drive a wedge between those two, but that's the, clearly how that's, that's how I heard it. But whatever. The point remains, it's a fantastic interview. Bird does, as, you, as you'll hear if you go through it, he messes them up. That was a that was a KO in the first round on like seven different occasions. And it is funny now that you can hear their play-by-play of it afterwards where they're like, yeah, I didn't want to ask any more questions because we weren't going to win those battles. You could hear in the interview where Ken's like, all right, Anthony, you go ahead. We're, and you could hear him being like, I'm not stepping into that landmine. I'm not giving this man anything more to eat because all he's done is eat this entire interview. There's no way the two of them enjoy that nearly as much as I did. I thought it was hysterical.
and you will too. Go and listen to it. I really did. I absolutely loved it. I thought it was great. But I like Bill Burr a lot, so I know what I know how Bill Burr is. And I think that's part of why I loved it so much. It was like uh, one of my favorite comedians getting a chance to talk to the guys in the morning. I loved that. I thought that was great. All right, next up, uh, Ken and Anthony with J.W. Johnson this morning. There is a tweet from somebody who may be in the know. What do we got? Uh, Twitter reactions brought to you by Scheiben Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. Are you what do you got? Familiar with J Dubs? I I I. Wait a minute. Check out the hotline. Oh, is that who? Hody, put turn Hody's mic on. Yes, Ken. What's is that up? is that real? That is real. All right, let's Very go to the North, real. let's go to the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram hotline. Ladies and gentlemen, J W Johnson of the Cleveland Browns joins us on the show. J W, good morning. Good morning, men. How we doing? We're doing well. What is going I'm on? I'm on my way into the office and, you know, listen to you guys regularly, and I hear Lima and people talking about Halloween music and people not being loud. We got a lot to talk about. We got a big game this weekend. We certainly do. Well, I, I don't We think... certainly do. I saw you. Lima showed me your tweet, and now you're here on the hotline, and JW, now I, I feel like... I feel like Tommy Callahan asking to, to buy half a million brake pads here. I'm not going to put you in that spot. <laughs> can, can we at least get a conversation when you get into the office today with your team, with the, with the group, the, the decision makers here about possibly Halloween music on third down? Will there be a discussion? We will have a discussion. We will have a discussion. And yes. Do you guys know how the Halloween theme music came about back in the day? I didn't really want to say it out loud, I, I, but there's several different theories, so I want to hear yours. Or the reason, so, I should say, not even a theory. Well, we first got involved with the team. If you guys remember, we had a defensive end called Frosty Rucker. And Frosty, we were talking in the locker room. I was like, hey, what about, you know, kind of music and this? And he said, you need to play Halloween on third down. And so I said, oh, okay. And then we started finding alternate versions of the music, and it started working. But obviously – Back then, the club, the team was was not as good as we, we are now, and uh, we kind of went away from it. So, in honor of Frosty Rucker and Alumni Weekend, keep your ears open for Halloween theme this weekend. All right, so that's part one here, okay? So that's Ken and Anthony. They get J.W. Johnson on, as you heard. J.W. gives him good news, and then he gives him the story about Frosty. He gives him the story about the, how they came about with the Halloween music, right? Which brings us... To Dustin and Nick on Afternoon Drive. I had this idea. So, like, I was, I was like, way back in the day, I did a game down uh, at Nipper Stadium, Bearcats, mm-hmm. Cincinnati, of course. And I, I've obviously, I'm a huge horror buff. Love Halloween. Love all these things. And horror, horror. Yeah, like the horror genre. Okay, horror. Yeah. You're so, you're such a child. So I'm down at Nipper Stadium, and, and like on third downs, they play the, the Halloween theme song. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't want to really rip this off, but like the stadium got juiced, man. There it is. It kind of gets you, like just thinking about it does kind of get you going, right? It's third down. That wasn't bad. That was pretty good. You could be a voice guy if you wanted <clears throat> to be. I'm a voice guy. Also the prep guy. You're many guys. So I suggested the team that they should do this on third downs, and they did. Mm-hmm. And they sucked. Yeah. No joke. And, and, and if I remember correctly, the morning show that brought it up today yeah. 
was the morning show that both hosts used to mock you. Yes. Ruthlessly. Yes. Specifically me. Well, okay, specifically you, but specifically Anthony Lima, who has done a slippery wizard. The slippery wizard who has now done a 180 on this. And I'll be honest with you, I think they're trying to claim it. No, no chance. In fact, I just texted J Dub. Mm -hmm. Do not give them credit. This is mine. Do not. Do not. No. I'm not going to give him credit. I um, I saw my boy Cardiac Kid tweeting today. Mm-hmm. He pulled up the receipts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're there. So the joke. So can you retweet the tweet to let everybody I, know? I did. Because I'll say it's already out there. I'll say the morning show now suddenly likes it, and I'm assuming mm-hmm. that's because the Browns are good, right? Yeah, and, and to be fair, I want to give Pumpkinhead some credit too because him and I could sort of collab a little bit on some stuff, and um, you know, we got we had. I, with shirts made, like mm-hmm. it was like a whole thing. No joke. But just to be fair, the morning show now likes it. Out of nowhere, there. You know what? They're a bunch of clowns. I'm gonna say it. I mean, what am I doing in the fan focus tonight? What am I doing in the fan focus tonight? I have the afternoon show calling the morning show a bunch of clowns. I am ripping the emerging podcast scene in the interview with Bill Burr. You should go listen to it, though. I I was just high comedy. What am I doing here tonight in the fan focus? This is just, we're just stirring the pot on everyone else's behalf here in the fan focus. Uh, So here's the thing. I'm actually going to side. I'm going to side not with the morning show, but maybe with J.W. Johnson on this one. I, I, I need to go back in between the break and try to figure out exactly when Dustin did try to do this whole campaign. I believe that Dustin did a campaign. I believe that that happened. But Frosty played here in, what, 2012? That would have been year one, year two. I just wasn't here for it. I wasn't here for it. I don't know if Dustin came up with anything that refutes that. I'd have to take Dustin at his word. I guess I'd I'd rather take Dustin at his word than anybody else if we're going down that road. I don't know why Dustin would lie about it, of all things. I do know why the Browns would rewrite history. But then they got Frosty on, and Frosty took 100% of the credit for it, so I'm, I'm very confused. I don't think it happened. Here's what I bet happened, okay? Here's what I... I've done it. I figured it out, okay? I, I Sometimes I'm Sherlock Holmes, and we can do the detective work and figure it out. Here's what I bet happened. At the time that Dustin did that, this radio station was not as prominent as it is right now. Now, J.W. Johnson and everyone with the Browns, they do listen the same way you guys listen. We're the number one station in the entire city. We are the number one sports station by a wide margin in the city. Like, we're, we have things going on here. But in 2012... <clears throat> pre-Jonathan Peterman, uh, in 2012, it was not. Like, we were trying to get this thing off the ground. I wasn't even coming close to being here at that point, right? I bet Dustin started the campaign. I bet he worked really hard on Afternoon Drive, which was Bowen Fox at the time, to get that thing going. And I, I don't know where they were in year one ratings-wise or anything like that, but if my if my 92.3 The Fan History is correct... It did take him a little bit to get the station really humming to the way it is now. And then, obviously, they became a dominant force, and I don't think it took him that long. But I would bet that Frosty was listening to Dustin and Adam, and I guess Pumpkinhead, too, and then took that idea, brought it to the Browns, and is then taking credit. That's got to be the way that one went down. It'll sound cool, though. That's the important part. It'll sound cool. <laughs> Lastly, Dan Menigan. 
on Baskin and Phelps ripping the secrecy around everything within Deshaun Watson and the Browns. They truly believe that behind the doors of that media room and the way that they speak to us, inside of there, they are holding the cure for cancer. Like, that's really what I feel like when they are talking. Like, like it almost feels like beyond, they don't want to give us too much. They can't let it know be known what's there. They can't give us the directions to the city of gold. Like, that's what it feels like they're holding. It's like they're... It's the it is Oppenheimer back there. It's the Manhattan uh, Project. Look, look, I get it. I, I was... can't stand it how they try to do this. Like it drives me up the wall how they cannot give an answer that you just gave. You gave us more detail. You did nothing that was outside of any HIPAA law that's out there. There's no issue with what you said, but it led us in the direction to believe that Deshaun Watson will be out there. It took Mary Kate Cabot going up to Deshaun Watson and saying to him, "Hey, how you feeling? You think you're good?" Yeah, I'm okay. I should be good to go. I want to be good to go for the Ravens. Boom! Your head coach can't say that? Your head can't, coach can't go? Deshaun Watson feels encouraged that he should be able to take on the Ravens. Boom! Listen, is questionable anyway. Like, give us something. Stop treating this like you're building the atomic bomb. That's how they treat things. It's a little mind-blowing, but it's how they treat things. And that's an, that's an NFL thing. That's not a Browns thing. That's an NFL thing. I think Belichick is the originator of a lot of this, and I think it, it trickles down. You know how, like, Dion in college football had to trickle down to Ryan Day then losing his mind on Lou Holtz, and, like, one reaction causes another? I think in the, in the NFL world, I think Belichick was curt. Belichick is secretive. Belichick did everything he possibly could to avoid giving anyone any information, and I think now this generation of coaches are reflective of that. Dynamic response. All right, 216-474-0092. I want to hear from you guys on this. Where do you stand with the Browns and the Ravens? And what exactly did Daryl Ryder say that I agree with when it comes to Deshaun Watson? We'll get to that and more. It's overtime with Jonathan Peterman. But first, let's get you a Jake Murren Sports Update.